Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Hi, I'm Mark Striegel, host and producer of this show since 2005. On this episode, we're going to talk some rock, some metal, and anything else we feel like. We're also going to jam some tunes, have a drink, and share some honest opinions. Thanks for listening to the Talking Metal Podcast. Let's get things started. Here's an old classic that sounds just as good today as it did when we were kids. Yeah, no. 
Wow, that is a classic right there. Youth Gone Wild by Skid Row. And you can bet you are going to hear that at this year's M3 Festival when Sebastian Bach takes the stage and destroys it like he always does. And I'll tell you what about Sebastian. I saw him a number of years ago, like two years ago, at a festival up outside of Albany, New York. And his voice was at the top of its game. Because I remember... Back when he was like opening for Guns N' Roses, he sounded all right, but it wasn't like like it was back in the day. But when I saw him in Albany, uh, outside of Albany, what was that? The Rock and Derby Festival or something. He sounded so freaking good. And I, I put that in a tweet and sent it out there. And he actually retweeted it. He is back. He is sounding great. Sebastian Bach at this year's M3 Festival in just a couple weeks. I cannot wait to be there. It is an amazing lineup. We're going to be doing interviews there. Myself, Ian McCurdy, Mitch LaFon will be down there. It's going to be so much fun. And what a lineup. We got Warrant, Y&T, and guess what I got on the podcast today? A member of Warrant and a member of YNT. That's right. We got Robert Mason from Warrant checking in with us in just a bit. And then later in the episode, Aaron Lee, my old friend that I've known for a number of years now, I guess since like 2015, he is in YNT and he is rocking YNT. And I, I think he's kind of like taking him to a, a new exciting place. I mean, I, he seems like maybe he like re re energized the band, if you will. I don't know. I, I, listen, I'm not a Y&T expert, but it's just kind of the, the vibe I'm getting. I don't know. For me, it's made me excited about Y&T, who I've always liked and who are always great. Love Y&T and so psyched that Aaron is with them now. And we're going to hear from him in, in just a bit. Oh, yeah, but let's quickly run down this M3 festival. Guys, meet me there. I'm going to have Talking Metal t-shirts. I'll give be giving some away. So hit me up. I will uh, be hanging out doing interviews with my friend Mitch LaFon, my other friend, Mr. Friend, lawn friend, that is. Ian McCurdy will be there. We're all hanging out together at this year's M3 Festival, May 4th and 5th in Columbia, Maryland, featuring, God, this lineup is staggering, Ace Freely, Kicks, Tom Kiefer, Queensryche, Frank Hannon of Tesla, Striper, Taiketo, Warrant, Night Ranger, Lynch Mob, Last in Line, Loudness, Pretty Boy Floyd, Slaughter. Fuck, I forgot Slaughter's playing. Love Slaughter. Can't wait to see them. Nelson, YNT, Faster Pussycat, and more. It's it's absolutely insanity, and then you have that that third day, which uh, is on the sixth, where they have some some cool like country rock bands, like the Marshall Tucker Band and Blackberry Smoke, the Atlanta Rhythm Section. If that's your thing, you know you can hang out for that additional day. But the the hard rock and heavy metal days are Friday, May fourth, and Saturday, May fifth. That first day, wow, with Y and T kicks. Tom Kiefer, that's just going to destroy. And then the second day, wow, uh, Warrant, Lynch Mob, Last in Line. Last in Line sounded so freaking good when I saw him in Jersey like a year and a half ago. So good, burning up the Dio classics. And, of course, that is 
Vinny Appice and Vivian Campbell of the original Dio band who played on those first three killer records, Holy Diver, Last in Line, Sacred Heart. Those are the guys, uh, along with Ronnie and, and the late, great Jimmy Bain, who just destroyed it with those first three Dio records, and they will be destroying it at M3. Totally psyched. And, you know, Ace has never played M3. I don't think Last in Line, Last in Line definitely has never played M3. This is a, this is a powerful, powerful lineup with some of our old favorites that are at M3. A lot of, uh, a lot of, have been at M3 a lot of years previous to this. And a lot of bands like Last in Line and, and Ace Frehley who haven't played M- M3 before. So, wow, great stuff. Cannot wait for it. And without further ado, let's get into some new Warrant. This is from 2017, Devil Dancer by Warrant. Buy this on iTunes or on Amazon or wherever you, however you purchase your music legally. And uh, we'll hear this newer Warrant song, and then we'll get into my interview with Robert Mason, who will be doing double duty at M3. He's going to tell us all about that. Here we go. Warrant, Devil Driver. Followed by my interview with Robert Mason, vocalist of Warren. Southbound from nowhere on a flat dirt road, far from the lights of town. There's a dirty signorina on a shiny brass pole, and she knows how to lay it down.
Hey, it's Mark Striegel of Talking Metal and calling in Warrant vocalist Robert Mason. Welcome back to Talking Metal. Robert, how are you? Great to talk to you, Mark. I am doing very well now. Cool. Well, you know, last time we interviewed you was uh, in person down there at the M3 Festival just about 11 months ago. You guys are back this year. You're going to be doing something a little different this year. I want to talk all about that. First of all, are, I mean, 11.30 a.m., is this this is when you guys are going on? That's got to be one of your earliest shows ever, I think, right? It may be one of the earliest ever, yes. Uh, <laughs> it was kind of a thing that came about, oh, about a, what was it, maybe two weeks ago, we were on the road and we got a call, uh, and that the powers that be at M3 wanted to put it together, so we were more than happy. It's, it's pretty much, you know, we had intended on taking a year off of M3, uh, right. You know, we knew about it. It was I talked to Eric Baker during our right after our show, I guess, last year. Yep. I don't know. There was there was some tequila and a lot of adrenaline involved, Mark. I'm not really sure when <laughs> I spoke to him, but um, but you know, it, it's it's the typical. Hey, man, you're doing this now. We we might give you a break next year, which we've played. I mean, how many have we done? Maybe six or seven of the ten. Well, it'll be yeah. ten this time, right? This is the tenth. This is the tenth. Yep. Wow, I think we did at least six if not more so you know it's to take a year off no big deal but then that news came in and, and eric wanted us to do a little acoustic set to sort of kind of an interim thing you know we can we can fill the time and make people happy in the afternoon we're gonna strip it down and uh do it who knows maybe maybe true acoustic style or maybe semi-acoustic because okay. you know my guys still want to my guys still want to play guitar and stuff like that. So, right on. We'll see what happens. We're gonna we'll put something special together. I can't wait. And then have a nice announcement during that show. So, a, a nice announcement can... as to something that you guys are going to be up to. Well, yeah, you know, and that's about all I want to say about that. I don't okay. know. Wow. Okay. <laughs> you've, you've piqued my interest. You think they're very cool. Well, and... it's, that's that's what the word special announcement are supposed to do. <laughs> right on, and and of course. <laughs> Lynch Mob is also playing M3. Uh, are you going to be stepping on stage with those guys at, at the M3 Festival? Well, that was the thing. Warrant was playing a private show on the 4th of May on the East Coast. Okay. And doing, and doing nothing else. We were going to fly home. So since I've been doing a few Lynch Mob dates with George, I was going to put it together where I was going to show up at M3 do that show. And then, uh, Lynch Mob has a show at Penn's peak the next night up out near, uh, Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania, out, you know, Allentown's, right, whatever okay. it is, it's out there. So I was going to do the warrant show and then M3 and Penn's peak with Lynch Mob. Okay. And then we had this announcement. So I'm double dipping at M3. Nice. Nice. Great. Do two shows. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure Lynch Mob was playing, only just a few hours after that, because you yeah. think about the lineup on Saturday night, you know, it's like, where are they going to put us? I haven't even heard. I should probably ask Eric. But, um, yeah, so I get to do a show, disappear for an hour, probably shower, sit in my room, fuel back up, you know, put on the uh, put on the other the other set of rock duds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so it's not so it's not like, you know, immediate where they go, Hey, that's the guy from Warren. He's wearing the same shirt, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. So right on. Right on. <laughs> and do a Lynch Bob show, yeah. So well, it's gonna be awesome. Double duty for 
Robert Mason at M3 this year with Warrant and Lynch Mob. You you know that second Lynch Mob record, which was was your first with the band, just uh, was about to turn 26 years old. How do you look back on that album all these years later? Made that in 1991. Wow, I was a baby. Yeah, that came out in what May of '92. Yeah, yeah, I like think early late April. I think it was late April '92. Yeah. yeah, according to Wikipedia. Yeah. Well, you know, what do they know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it's really cool, man. You know, I always had a special... I, I was fiercely proud of that. It was like my first big barbecue, you know, the big monstrous record deal on Electra and all the other stuff and everything that comes with it. It was my first time making a record out in Los Angeles instead of in the New York area where I grew up and, you know, touring, as they say in Spinal Tap, touring the world and elsewhere. You know, it was cool. I had a black, but there was, you know, the tour was alright. But the band soon after had its, you know, issues and, and disbanded. Nothing horrible or catastrophic. It just right. did that the way bands do that. And it was a different time. Uh, the truth is, George wanted to do, you know, wanted to continue Lynch Mob, and you know, Anthony Esposito had had departed and you know we were sitting around and and george had a few different ideas about what he wanted to do and honestly being a snotty 27 just turned 20 actually just turned 28 year old you know kid compared to what i am now i I just after bonding it together at the time who knows what i was thinking I've had moments of wanting to have this closure right. or be able to go out and play those songs again. So I'm, you know, with that and with the new project that George Mick and, and Jeff and I are doing, yeah, it's, it's kind of like giving me this, you know, I hate to use that silly word, but it's given me a little bit of acceptance and closure on that whole part of my life because I get to redo this. And, you know, Jeff was even considered, why don't we get Jeff and, come out the four of us and call it lynch mob and do with the third lynch mob record so what we're doing uh, nice this, you see how i segued into this yeah. other project i'm doing <laughs> yeah. how many bands is yeah. the guy gonna be in but uh you know it's given all of us a, a renewed sense of what it was like to be creating together and maybe even playing together we don't know jeff Tilson and i get along great jeff produced uh, a lot of harder faster yeah the new Warren record so you know, and he and I have always been kind of friendly, but didn't really know each other until that project. And we got we got on so well in the studio and elsewhere that it was a real easy tie-in for those three guys to call me up and say, hey, man, we want to do this record. We don't know what we're going to call it, but it'll have the DNA of our bands and it'll be us. But we wanted to sound a little different. What do you think? And I was all over it because everybody's got a priority band. You know, I mean amidst producing jeff is also you know in foreigner so he's working a ton it just came out as the right thing to do and um, about three quarters of the way done in fact i fly out monday to work a little bit more with jeff in the studio he and i and if if lynch pops by we'll entertain him for a few minutes and then kick him out and then uh (laughs) so no i'm kidding george knows i'm kidding um and that's going really, really well. We're 
We're super happy, super happy with it. I just hope everybody else digs it the way we do. You never know. You know, people could hate it. I don't know. Right. But well, I doubt that. I but... hope not. And I, I well, I, I kind of doubt it, but I, but I sincerely hope everybody embraces it for what it is. And there's no, there was a name that was floating around on some websites that was attached to it, but, but. As of right now, that's not correct, and there's this is still untitled. Is is that the deal? The fast answer is yes. Okay. The longer answer is we're not sure yet. Uh, it was the name that, that was floated out there was a working title. That it, see, when George comes up with a riff, George and Jeff write this thing together. And so George has done this the whole time. He'll come up with a riff and a, a groove like a lynch mob. We did it, and before I even hear it. He's jammed on it. He's tried to put a, an arrangement together, and he names it something. And I mean, honestly, there was a song on the 92 Lynch Mob record. That I'm not even going to tell you the title because it, it alludes to another band's song because he thought the groove originally sounded like this other band. Oh, uh, okay. And he named, it, he named it a joke version of that band's song title. It didn't really, you know, obviously I come in and do what I do, and we put lyrics in it. That's not really George's thing. Uh so the Superstroke idea was a working title of one of the songs that we're writing. Okay. And I think Mick came in and, you know, we're all trying to not try too hard, but see what band names, you know, and come on, all, everybody knows all the cool band names were taken until somebody comes up with another one that fits. And I think somebody just said, well, let's just go with that. And right. apparently either a publicist or the record company or something got a hold of it and they're like, Okay, and then all of a sudden all this press came out. Yeah. Because obviously the label wants to do as much, you know, hype work, leg work as possible prior to release, and they were pushing for, you know, a band name, an album title, something. Something to latch on to, other than this. Because if you say, it, oh, it's, it's our four names in this project we're doing, it's a long-winded way of saying, <laughs> hey, there's a new band. Right on, right on. You know. What what about the music? What like we know your voice, which is great. We know Lynch and uh, Mick and and Jeff and their style and what they've created together. Is is this gonna kind of sound like docking, but but with your voice, or are you guys going someplace different with this? Uh, it's. I don't think it sounds like docking with with me stapled onto it. I mean, okay. I, I honestly didn't want. And it's no disrespect to anybody because they, I love what they did and I was a fan. I still am. And, and it's funny because I know Don. Like, I get along great with Don. It just wasn't, that wasn't something that I wanted to do. And I was, thankfully, when uh, Jeff and George started playing me demos, their early ideas, it doesn't sound like that. And cool. Mick Brown, I saw Mick in Cave Creek yesterday. You know, it's Arizona Bike Week. So I ran, ran into him. I, I went out on a motorcycle and ran into him uh, somewhere out in the middle of Cape Creek. And he ran up to me and he's like, I'm so stoked about this. And the, and the cool, he said it, it's the cool thing is it sounds like us, but it doesn't sound like us, you know? And he's as mixed way of saying that I think the DNA is there. Cool. And you hear the, you hear the influences, you hear who it is and what it is. Maybe I'm, I don't want to be too lofty at all about it. Cause it's just, we're just making music and having fun, but we are having fun being creative with each other again. And that's, I, I, I pray that that translates, you know what I mean? Into the final product. Cool. cool. And that people will just embrace that. 
And when do you think we'll hear this stuff? Still, you're still working on it. You're still recording it. So it sounds like it's going to be yeah. a number of months, I, I guess. Think Frontier, I think Frontiers talks about it like it's going to be maybe first quarter of 19. Okay, cool, cool. Look you know, they, they've got a lot going on. We have a lot going on. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. I just want people to, like I said, embrace it. Yeah. Give it a chance. And the latest Warrant record is is still rather recent, 2017's Louder, Harder, Faster. There, I'd, I'd imagine I, there's no new Warrant music in the works at this point. I mean, that's still a new record, really, right? Well, precisely. I think we're we're still, you know, we're still discovering how to play some of those songs and in what context or what place we want to put them in our live show. We're doing a couple now, maybe add one more soon. That one still feels like it has a whole lot of life in it, and we're enjoying playing those songs so much. Great record, um, by the way. Yeah. I, I really appreciate that. Thank you. It's, you know, it's, you never know what's going to happen. It's not like tons of physical product flies off the shelves anymore. It's just not the way it works in the world. And we accept that. We sell a bunch of them at live shows. There are downloads that still happen. And people have embraced that. You know, you think of a band that's been around that long and and it's got that legacy of that golden age of MTV and radio hits, that sort of thing, you know, and selling a decent amount of records and touring and stuff as a nostalgia act. But the fact that we can still, like I can get there after playing, you know, playing a live show and bring an audience to that point where they're totally buying into the back catalog songs, singing along, rocking out. And I can, use that energy to kind of segue into a new song and they just go for it. Like we play louder, harder and I get them chanting the chorus. And by the time the song, you know, song starts, they're, they're psyched. So I'm unendingly thankful that live audiences by and large really do embrace a couple of new songs a set. That's not easy to do. Yeah. So I give our fans a lot of credit. Absolutely. And how well did you know, Janie? Did you, were you have a friendship with him? Did you meet him a couple times, Janie Lane? Oh God, yeah. Well, no. I'm I, Lane and I were fast friends from the first week I was out in California doing pre-production for Lynch Mob. Okay. Uh, we met a couple of shots of tequila later, and I mean, I think at the old FM station we used to hang out every once in a while because I was, you know, because when you make a record back back then you're living, you know, since I lived in Arizona, I was staying in a hotel right around the corner, you know, in NoHo, in North Hollywood. So I would just go out at night, you know, you're, you're, you're a kid in your 20s. You're like, okay, I'm going to record all day, and then I'm going to go out and hang out in the bars all night or whatever, you right. know, see what kind of trouble I can get into, then wake up and do it again. Um, Lane and I met, became friends. Wow. Uh, probably our friendship was instrumental in why on the Doggy Dog Tour – Lynch Mob was our was direct support. Okay, cool. So we toured we toured in arenas in ninety two, ninety three with uh with Warrant. So isn't life weird? You know, I used to do the Lynch Mob set, get in the shower, go to catering, grab some food, go walk out on stage right or stage left and watch Warrant play. You know, right. and <laughs> yeah, very cool. So um, and Lane and I stayed friends off and on through the years, you know, he became a little hard to reach after a little while and he had those demons. And I mean, I'm not going to talk about it a whole lot. If you don't mind, I've, I've said it a lot. That's no disrespect to anybody, but he and I honestly were friends and I was a fan 
And I have a lot of respect for that back catalog. I do everything I can to faithfully reproduce those songs as best as I can, you know, with whatever spirit I can put into it um, every night, you know, live. So it's a privilege of mine to do that. And I really appreciate the fact that I still get to do it. So, and I think those songs deserve to be played. That was part of the reason, you know, when, when Janie had a lot of trouble being out on the road and, and couldn't tour it, you know, I saw, I saw that band with four out of five guys, you know, it's like, it's like a, an engine clicking on, you know, six or seven of eight cylinders and they really wanted to go, go, go. And they, you know, they're, they were just hard working rock band that kept wanting to keep working. And I was the right guy at the right time. Right on. And, and I had a legacy too. So it wasn't like they went out and auditioned. Yeah. They, yeah. You know, the, I mean, I saw them all at Rocklahoma. Uh, I saw Joey Allen. He's he immediately, you know, dude, big hug and told me the whole story and how they had hired a sober coach and they, you know, kept people out on the road to try to keep Janie, Janie and, you know, keep them healthy and safe. And it was just not working. And he was at his, you know, they're all at, at the end of the rope at their wits end with it and didn't know what to do. And it just clicked with Ian Allen one day. And he's like, Hey man, how many of our songs do you know? Just in case. Cause I don't even know where my singer is. I heard he was in rehab. Right. I don't know how many times it is this year. Nobody, you know, they won't tell me the truth. And he, he laid out the whole story. The next day at Soundcheck, Rocklahoma that Saturday, I saw Dixon immediately. Dixon was the same thing, dude, big hug. And then he told me the story. So I guess that planted the seed. And then by September of 09, which will be 10 years in September is crazy. Wow. Or, or I'm September of 08. Rather. Um, I was, you know, doing my first gig. Wow. Very cool. You know, one thing I wanted to ask you about, Robert, that I, I didn't really know much about this band, but I was listening to some of the music that, that you guys did and thought it was just great. And I just wanted to at least mention it and maybe hear a little bit of the backstory on, on Big Cock. Um, <laughs> band. Big Cry of Love. I'm like, how many bands have this guy been in? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Not to mention. It must be your... really, really hard to get along with. <laughs> yeah, well, you've done a lot. I, the yeah, it's just so yeah. much stuff. But let's talk, let's focus on on Big Cock because you guys put out how many records? Three albums. Yeah, it was kind of one a year, three consecutive years. It's kind of like what I did over my summer vacation kind of thing. You know, we Dave Henserling called me one day and said, "Hey, man, I mean, we met through mutual friends maybe a year or two before." They called me. I was man, I got this band concept and. I want to run some demos by you. And if you, if, what do you think of it? And, oh, and by the way, the name of the band is Big Cock. And I called, <laughs> I called him back and left me a message. I called him back. And I'm like, dude, firstly, are you serious? He's like, well, yeah. I said, okay, secondly, I'm in. Let me hear some songs. Right. Because it, you know, it began with Dave's, you know, a vision might be too lofty a word to attach to a band named Big Cock. I don't know. You know, it's, it was, if you listen to the music, and you understood it and you got the, if, well, I appreciate that. And, you know, and the second and third records, well, I, I did write a bit on like, you know, together with them and we put some ideas together. It was DIY guerrilla style without a label, starting it from nothing uh, at the very inception of uh, 
I think before smartphones, uh, might've been before MySpace. So right. from right around that same time. So we just, uh, you know, started from scratch. Uh, didn't care if it sold a boatload of copies or not or whatever, just to see what happened. And it was fun. And I mean, you know, obviously if you, if you listen to music, you get it. It's musically serious, catchy as, as we can get it. And, you know, not pop, but kind of like in this, like before eighties, whatever you want to call the eighties rock, it was kind of put back in maybe very late seventies or, or 1980 ish time period wise right. is the best way I could describe the music, but raw and real. And then the lyrics were either incredibly pompous or super overtly sexual or both. Yeah. And you know, it wasn't meant as a joke, but there was a tongue-in-cheek, humorous element to it. Right. And we took it seriously. Yeah. And, you know, played opening slots for a bunch of bands here in Arizona and around, and then we got an invite to go, you know, get paid actually pretty well for us, and I was thinking, wow, to go fly to Rocklahoma. Yeah, well, I, you know, I know a lot about your career, but that's one I, one kind of element that I missed, and I was, I think I was on Bandcamp today, I came across it, and I was like, wow, these songs are really strong, really good stuff. I encourage all the listeners to go back and, and check out Big Cock, the stuff that Robert Mason did with them, because it, it's good. Yeah, the, the BC stuff was a lot of fun, and it, it lived its life. Um, I got in, you know, in Warrant, and, and that kind of took over was sure. obviously my priority and over a lot of my life. So, you know, it went, it, that stuff went back burner and then just became as like, oh, I don't have the time to do it. And, and as much as I love it, it's, I wouldn't be able to put the time in it to make it a real thing. And we sort of put it to bed, you know, right on. but I have the greatest memories of, and if you listen to some of those lyrics, believe me, there were, there were lots of outtakes like like filming a comedy movie and then you see the outtakes where the actors just bust up and they can't <laughs> keep it right. together. Right. You could imagine me singing some of those lyrics and just afterwards in the control room just like laughing my ass off. Right on. Right and on. the and the engineer and Dave. So, but you know, it was good fun. That's uh, I'm actually proud of that. You know, I've yeah, had people come be. up to me and say, I mean, at the height of us doing it, I've had people in the industry come up and say. That just don't understand what we were about. Just saying, you're never going to get a song on the radio with a band called Big Cock. What the? Right. You're an idiot. <laughs> and, and they're like, what? You? And like, yeah. And I would just look at them like, you just don't get it, do you? Right. Okay. If you get it, you get it. If you don't, listen to something else. Cool. Well, Robert, we're going to have to cut it there, but I want to keep the conversation okay. going. I'll have my, my microphones set up, as always, in the M3 press room at this year's M3 festival on May 4th and 5th. It's going to be, as always, just a great event, a great festival, and we're looking forward to you pulling double duty there with Warrant and Lynch Mob <laughs> at the M3 festival. And yeah, let's definitely, uh, let's definitely hook up at M3, Robert. Yeah, absolutely. I will do the press junket twice. Okay, you're always good at that. Bands. Yeah, I remember you doing it. I was up at Heavy Montreal. You you came did press there at M3. You do press. You're always working it, and on the promotion side, and of course on the music side, delivering us so much great music, including 2017's "Louder, Harder, Faster," the new Warrant record produced by Jeff Pilson. Great stuff. Always a pleasure, Robert. 
You're very kind to say so. I really appreciate the support. And cool. like I said, we have the, the fans are cool, um, and I have the greatest job in the world for me, so I love doing it. Mark, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you very yeah, much for we'll the time. S- we'll see you at M3 for sure. My girl likes to bump and grind. She likes to bump me all the time. Mason playing with Lynch Mob and Warren at M3. Double duty for Robert Mason. It's going to be awesome. Bump and Grind. That's the song we just heard there by Big Cock. Kind of a crazy name for band, but, uh, you know, he told us all about it. But that's a great song, man. Very Warren-esque, actually. And that's from 2006. It's up on iTunes. Go buy that. And I tell you what, man, Bump and Grind, uh, or I'm sorry, Big Cock, I didn't really know anything about this band until I was getting ready to talk to to Robert, and I started listening to their stuff, and I was like, I like it, it's great, good stuff. So without further ado, let's uh, get ready for the M3 Festival in just a couple weeks with some new Y&T. This is, well, it's an older song, but it's a new version of it. This is Contagious by Y&T. Featuring Aaron Lee on the bass, possibly some acoustic on a guitar. Also, I'm not sure if, if his acoustic guitar is actually on this particular song, but uh, yeah, they have a new acoustic EP out, 
when I say they, of course, I mean Y&T. And Aaron, the bassist of Y&T, is going to tell us all about it, as well as some other stuff in just a bit. So stay tuned for that. But right now, brand new, well, not brand new, but newer Y&T acoustic, followed by my interview with Aaron Lee. This is Contagious. Y&T, back on Talking Metal, Aaron Lee. Aaron, how are you? I'm doing great, Mark. How you doing? It's been a while. It has been a while, and there's been a lot that's happened to you since the, the last time we spoke, and I, I want to get into all of that. 
You are now the bassist of Y&T, and I am so psyched to see you play. I'll be down there at, at the M3 Festival, which is just such a great festival every year. So many great bands coming together on on one stage, sometimes two stages, depending on the year. And Y&T at M3, this is, uh, is going to be awesome. Have you ever been to the M3 Festival before? My third show with Y&T was the M3 Festival. So that was what so, two yes. years ago? Was that two years ago? Yes. Yeah, okay. two years ago. Okay, which I was yeah. not I was not at that. I was at M three in two thousand seventeen, but I I missed the two thousand sixteen one. So that was your first show, really? No, actually it was the third Oh, third, third show. show. Third show, I got you. Yeah. Cool. But cool. what a number three show, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And you guys will be back there. I think you're playing, if I recall, on the Friday, the first day which is going to be yes, a, a great night with, uh, I believe, Kix is playing that night and Tom Kiefer, and uh, I'd have to look at the schedule, but I know it's just going to be an awesome night with, with Y&T. What can the M3 fans expect? Well, they're going to get some face-melting rock and roll, as usual. You know, uh, we love bringing it live, and, yeah. and uh, you know, the M3 Festival is just always a great time. Lots of people, lots of great bands, and uh, just just really a great time. And you know, thanks thanks to the uh, promoters for the M3 Festival of having us back. Absolutely, and uh, yeah, we got to hang out down there and have have a beer. And I can't wait to see you guys play. And would love to talk with you and and the other YNT guys. I'll be set up doing interviews down there. So let's absolutely uh, definitely connect there. So the last time you were on the, the podcast, you I know we're doing some behind-the-scenes work with Tesla, and you were also playing playing bass with uh, Frank Hannon and the Frank Hannon Band. And now here we are a number of years later, and you are in one of the greatest hard rock and metal bands out of, uh, out of California, Y&T. You guys recently put out an acoustic EP, which I want to talk to you all about. But but how did this end up happening? How did you end up in the the great Y and T? Well, first you just put a huge smile on my face with with all that because <laughs> Y and T first off is has been one of my favorite bands since I was a kid, and you know I've said this so many times that um, to to be in in one of your favorite bands is, is seriously a dream come true and a, and a complete blessing. So. I'm very uh, fortunate, lucky, and just happy to to be here with with uh, you know the legend that is Dave Menachetti. <laughs> it's great, man. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, you know, I got to hand it to Frank Hannon. You know, he's the one who brought me uh, into the fold uh, in a solo band a number of years back. And um, as you mentioned, you know, I was working for Tesla for a little while because as, as it goes, you know, when a guy like Frank um, has a side project, you know, his bread and butter, his day job is, is Tesla. So uh, when he goes out with Tesla, he was thinking, well, I'll keep you employed. You want to be my guitar tech? And I said, of course. So I went out and I did some guitar teching for a couple of years with Tesla. And, uh, you know, just just um, got to meet a lot of people just in the in the right fold, in the right place at the right time. And, uh, you know, I I. I don't know if a lot of people know this part, but um, Y&T asked me at a point to to do some guitar teching, and I actually did. I went out for a month for thirty days. Oh wow! And and started doing some teching for them because they just needed a fill-in guy. I had nothing going on at the time, and then uh, a few weeks after I was home from that, 
um, then I, I got the word that they uh, wanted me to come in and play bass. And that's how it all began with, with Y&T. Wow, that's, that's awesome. I know right now the band has a rather new acoustic EP out, Classic Volume 1, and there's six classic Y&T songs done acoustically. And when, when I heard this record, I couldn't help think of you, because I know you're, you're a big acoustic guy, and uh, was, was this your suggestion to the band to, to do this, this EP? Yeah, it was, actually. I had brought up to the guys at the uh, end of the Europe run that we were doing um, and, and just mentioned how cool it might be to take some of these classic Y&T songs and, and uh, do the acoustic treatment to them, you know? Right. And uh, trying to think of different arrangements and things. And, you know, Dave Medichetti was a little reluctant in the beginning, but I think um, after he started hearing some things back, after we tracked everything and uh you know some rough mixes and things then uh you know he was fully on board with it and and quite impressed with it so um yeah it, it turned out great we had a great time doing it and you know um there's a, a little difference in, in some of the songs there's a couple songs on there that we just basically played it like the record but acoustic you know um so it's still rocking you know a right. lot of people would think it, it, it gets light or something if you just start playing acoustic material you know, especially with a loud rock and roll band like Y&T, but this is a rock and acoustic CD. So, so I think uh, any anybody that's a fan of Y&T is really going to appreciate this. Absolutely. And have you guys gone out and done acoustic shows in support of this? We did one here in Sacramento, and uh, it was just a, a small, little tiny venue, but it was packed to the rafters, and uh, we had a great time doing it. We would like to do more, but uh, if you look at our tour schedule, you know, we, we stay pretty busy um, out on the road and doing what Y&T does best, and that's putting on a rock show. So, uh, you know, we, we definitely would like to do more, though, and, and hopefully in the future we will. Cool. And, of course, it's called Acoustic Classic that's classic with an X. Volume one that leads to obviously the next question is is a volume two being planned? Well, not not at this point. You know, okay. like I said, with the touring schedule uh, that we hold, um, it's it's going to be a little harder to just jump right back in and and get something recorded. I mean, I would safely say down the road, yes, there will be a volume two. You know, I at least I hope so. You know, uh, it it would be a, a lot of fun to put out another six songs um, that, you know, get, give it the treatment, give it the acoustic treatment, you know, and then have some surprises for everybody. It'd be great. Yeah, definitely. And it's up on Spotify. It's on iTunes, guys. So definitely check it out. It's a really good listen. The Y&T Acoustic Classic Volume 1 album featuring our guest today, Aaron Lee, on bass. Do you just uh, do bass on that, Aaron, or do you do some of the acoustic guitars too? Yeah, I played a little 12 string on there yeah, okay, on cool. uh, on Summertime Girls, played a little 12 string, yeah. And I, I also mixed the album, so... Oh, nice. Um, wow. Yeah, which which is, a to me, you know, it's one thing to play bass on a Y&T album, first of all, and, I, and I'm honored to be able to, to, you know, to do that. But then to say that I got to mix a Y&T record, it's like, wow, <laughs> it yeah. just gets better and better, you know? So, yeah. Very cool. And it's been some time since Y&T put an official studio full-length album out, I think 2010. 
any any talk about Y&T doing another record at this point? Well, you know, as as you know, Mark, you know the the record business in itself is is a little. It, it's just hard to sell music anymore, and Definitely. to put that much time and effort into um, creating a full length album, it would take a lot of time away from our touring schedule, and. I don't know if any of us are ready to, to let that, you know, kind of just fall by the wayside right now. Right. Um, you know, it, it, you do make uh, your living on the road uh, in this industry at this point, you know. So, I mean, again, of course, I'd like to I'd like to see some new music come out, you know, and and maybe it will. I don't know, to tell you the truth. I mean, that's really up to Dave, you know, and how he feels about it. But um yeah, hopefully down the road, you know, we'll see what happens. Awesome, awesome, cool. Well, again, I'm very psyched to see you guys at the M3 Festival on May 4th. It is going to be uh, just a great event as it is every year. And coincidentally, I believe that same day, Frank Hannon's going to do uh, an acoustic set there. Will you uh, be playing with him or is it just him on an acoustic or don't you really know? Well, I would assume it's just going to be him solo by himself. I did talk to him recently because what he did is he uh, showed up at one of my acoustic gigs here in town in, oh, in cool. Sacramento, and uh, and he sat in with me for the whole night, you know, and which was really special because I didn't expect it. He just showed up, brought a. I did offer up. I said, "Hey, I'll be there. I'll sit in with you, man. You know, I will." So we'll see what happens. Maybe I get to sit in with Frank too. Okay, cool, cool. Let's talk about some of the people that you've jammed with and played with through the years. I, I just found some of these names interesting, and I have no idea what the story is behind them. I read this on the the YNT website under your bio. Uh, it says you've jammed with Steve Vai. What's what's the story behind that? Well, okay. Uh, back in the mid '90s, I auditioned for Ozzy, and wow, okay. this was right after Mike Inez was. Uh, I think he was going back to Alice in Chains at that point, and uh, so I went down. I auditioned, and then they asked me back for another audition. So my second audition, I, I I get this phone call from their management, and and they're saying we want you to come down and play with Steve Vai. And I was like, well, thinking, well, what's what has Steve I got to do with this? Right. <laughs> you know? right. And uh, apparently he was just riding with Ozzy. And so I, I said, well, what do you want me to play, you know, with this Steve Vai? And um, they said, well, he's just going to throw some stuff at you and just jump in, you know. So it was uh, it was basically in a in a jam room studio, you know, and I went in and and. You know, just he started throwing down some intricate riff like Steve Vai would, you know, something right, that's right. not so simple. And I jumped in and within 30 seconds or so, uh, Dean Castronovo was playing drums and he jumped in. And next thing you know, we're all jamming together. It was pretty surreal at that point, you know, looking over and seeing uh, Steve Vai, you know, who I've looked up to for, again, you know, just a huge fan. And um, yeah, so that's pretty much in a nutshell how that happened. But, uh, wow! So you was, weren't you weren't actually jamming Ozzy songs. You were just kind of riffing and and feeling each other out musically. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, you know, I mean, I didn't know what to expect. You know, so you just walk into a room and and, and here's this this you know master master Steve Vai. You know, and he just starts throwing riffs at you and try or try this one or try that. And it's always this odd time weird stuff. You know that he's throwing and wants to see if he can keep up. But um, no, it was uh. It was a really special moment. 
Wow, that's 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 a great story. And I would, I mean, I've heard Ozzy isn't usually involved in the audition process, or is he? No, he wasn't there that day. But I did get to meet him a few days later after that. But uh, you know, uh, apparently uh, Geezer Butler got the gig. So right. <laughs> there you go. And it is it is interesting because I think there's one song on on one of those records. That, that Steve Vai plays on, like, My Little Man or something. I have to look. Um, but but it, it, in general, I, I uh, don't think there much of that stuff with Steve ever ever surfaced because it, it is, it is ru- rumored he played, uh, almost recorded a, almost a whole record with Ozzy, I believe. Did, did you ever hear that? Well, I know it was on the Osmosis record. That Just one working. song, though, right? Or was it Well, more I'm not that? sure what he ended yeah, I'm not sure what he ended up on, um, but I just know that that was the time period that that record was being created, and that's when Steve was you know, working with Ozzy. Right on. How about Janie Lane? You did some playing with him. Well, again, you know, a lot of these things are are in a setting where they were they were unexpected. So I was playing in this little club in San Jose, California, and uh, Janie was out on tour. I think it was with Ozzy. Actually, they were supporting Ozzy. And um, he just comes walking into the club and, and we were actually playing some acoustic stuff and he bought us a round of drinks. And, and I think he was trying to bogart his way onto the stage. And, you know, and he did. He came up and we jammed pretty much the whole night uh, just doing some Beatles, Pink Floyd stuff, you know, and yeah, that was a good time, too. Oh, that's awesome. And Brad Gillis. Yeah, again, another jam situation. Um, but this particular, uh, <laughs> this was out in Redwood City, California, more in a, a Brad stomping grounds out there. And it was uh, playing with some buddies and, and some mutual friends. And, and uh, I had been out uh, having a good time all day, a little day drinking. And right, right. by the time I got up, by the time I got up to play with, with, uh, with Brad, um, you know, I was, I was feeling pretty, uh, old, old, you know, <laughs> it was, it was right, hit me pretty right. And, and I, w- I went to uh, kind of run off the – I didn't mean to run off the stage, but I did. I just went legless and, and fell into a bunch of tables. And, you know, the next thing you know, someone pushes me back up on stage. And, and then Brad just kind of kicks me in the ass like, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> you know? Wow. So, yeah. But I, I've gotten a jam with Brad a few times just from mutual friends, you know, and in live situations. Very cool. And – we we spoke about Y and T, the Frank Hannon band, but you do do a lot of acoustic gigging, or at least you used to. What's uh, what's the status of kind of your your solo acoustic stuff? I still do that when I'm home. Uh, it gives me something to do, and you know, run around town here in, in the Sacramento area, and uh, you know, go just play as much as I can. You know, just keep myself busy, but. Um, yeah, you know, and it's just all covers, you know, classic rock covers and just turning them into acoustic jams and, you know, just hanging out for three or four hours somewhere and just playing guitar and singing, you know, keeps your chops up and make a little dough and have a good time. Right on. And do you have your own website or is it just the, the Y&T website? Yeah, just the Y&T website and, uh, and my Facebook page, Aaron Lee, on, on Facebook. Cool. And what kind of gear do you play, Aaron? I'm um, using GK, which um, I've used for many, many years. And uh, so, yeah, GK bass amps to me are, are you know, that that's that's my go-to. Cool. And as far as basses go? I've been using uh, 
old Ibanez uh, roadsters from like 86. Okay. I went on a, on a search on eBay and I, I think I bought almost everything that's out there. Really nice. <laughs> I, just keep, I keep finding them. I keep buying them. I just like the particular model. It's the Ibanez 805 Roadster. Cool, cool. So again, M3, May 4th, Y&T will be there. We're talking with Y&T's bassist, Aaron Lee. Uh, Aaron, always a pleasure talking with you. And uh, anything else uh, we should plug before we wrap things up here? Well, we're uh, heading back out to uh, do a European run uh, and a UK run with Saxon. Oh, we'll be fun. supporting Saxon uh, in the uh, September, October time. Um, I, I know that there's some dates up on the website right now, uh, and there's more to be added. So, yeah, we'll be out with Saxon. Um, yeah, be looking forward to that. Cool. And who are you listening to nowadays? Any any artists or bands that are sparking your interest or that you're really into at the moment? You know, I'm. I'm always going back to the classics, man. You know, I do listen to a lot of Prince. I'm a huge Prince fan. And, um, you know, and, and then just the, the typicals of going back and listening to my old Kiss records. And, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I actually just picked up on, I, on some vinyl. I got some vinyl here. Hold on. I'm flipping through. Okay. <laughs> Black Label Society, uh, Sonic Brew. Love that record. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah, I just stick with the classics. I hear you. Excellent. Well, we got to hang at M3 for sure. Are you guys uh, Are you guys hanging out for the whole weekend, or will you just be there for that day? Yeah, it's just that day, and then we fly out the next day. All right. All right, cool. Well, I'll be there on Friday, we'll so let's definitely hook we'll up. We'll definitely hook up, though. Yeah, excellent.
New York City by the Frank Hannon Band right there, featuring Aaron Lee on bass. Frank, of course, will be at the M3 Festival. Looking forward to seeing him play again. It's going to be a great weekend, May 4th and 5th in Columbia, Maryland, at the Meriwether Pavilion. So much good stuff. I'll be there. John Ostronomy, the co-founder of Talking Metal, will also be there hanging out. All sorts of friends of the Talking Metal family will be there. So please come up to me and say hello. I cut my hair, so it it still looks a little nutty. It's like longer in the front, but I I cut it in the back. So if you're looking for the long, long hair, dude, you might not not see me, but uh, you'll find me. It's Mark Striegel, Talking Metal. You know, come say hello. I'll be giving out a handful of free T-shirts to the first bunch of people who come up and say hi to me. And I got all the big sizes, because I know you Talking Metal listeners are big boys. So I got the 3XLs, I got the 2XLs, I got the XLs. And if you want one, why don't you uh, hit me up on PayPal? Just send me 20 bucks, and I'll, I'll send one out to you today if you live in the States. 30 if you're outside of the United States. Sorry, I know that's a lot for a t-shirt, but guys, the, the shipping overseas and uh, internationally kills me. So, yeah. And join me on Patreon. If you do a $5 a month pledge, I will send out a t-shirt to you, okay? Just let me know your sizes. All, all this all this Patreon and PayPal and Amazon links and all that stuff, it's in the show notes on TalkingRock.net or TalkingMetal.com. Use our Amazon links. Before you go shopping on Amazon, just uh, go right over to uh, TalkingRock.net or TalkingMetal.com. If you live in the U.K., Canada, or the United States, find the appropriate Amazon link. Link over to Amazon and go and do your shopping as you normally would, and that gives us uh, gets us a little little credit, a little kickback from your purchases. It doesn't cost you anymore. All it is is that additional step. Again, it's a great feature that Amazon does for us indie podcasts, okay? I am moving the podcast over to a new server, a new company. It's going to be stepping in. Uh, I'm not sure how it's going to affect things. Hopefully, it won't affect things um, negatively, I'm told they'll do things in a high quality so the music and everything will still sound good. And yeah, let's see how it goes. They're called Art19 and I'll be joining them. I just signed the contract and I'll be joining them. And it's going to save me a little money because I'm not going to have to pay Spreaker anymore. And uh, hopefully, maybe they'll bring me in some ads. They're not going to be paying me, really, unless they bring in ads, at least not initially. We're going to see how it goes. It's kind of a long story, but it's a good thing, I think. I think. I think it's going to be a good thing. So bear with me, and let's uh, let's see what Art19 has to offer us to keep this thing alive. In the meantime, join me at the M3 Festival May 4th and May 5th, coming up in just a couple weeks. This is Forever Young by Ty Keto on Talking Metal. No sleeping, she waits tables late, trying to stay tough, never ending, however long she waits, it's just Been down. 
right. We're just about done with our M3 special here on Talking Metal to wrap things up. I love this. This is Love's Love is a Bitch Slap by Sebastian Bach, who will be at M3. Little guest vocals by Axl Rose on this. Metal Mike on guitar. Can't go wrong with this. This goes back well, probably like 2007, maybe 2006. I'd say 2007 off the top of my head. Love is a Bitch Slap by Sebastian Bach and Axl Rose. Here we go. Talk to you next time, guys. Thanks for your support.